0: Hi everyone, you're listening to Humans of SDU, brought to you by Merit Media. In today's episode, your hosts are Franke and I, Sophie. We are talking to Philip about water polo and active lifestyle. Enjoy!
1: Hi Philip. we heard you play water polo here in Onze. Can you tell us something a bit more about how you started and what got you here to where you are now?
2: Yeah, it's uh, correct. I play currently in the club uh, from Onze. Um, w- who actually has the pool here at the uh, SU but uh, I actually started playing in Copenhagen ab- about 10 years ago wow. so um, <laughs> yeah and before then i had been swimming like pretty much my whole life and uh, the reason I'm currently playing in Odense is uh, I moved here for the studies like a lot of other people did here at SDU. but
1: And what got you interested in well swimming first of all and then why did you transition to water polo of sorts?
2: I think to some extent I've been following my brother a lot Mm, throughout the years. And like from when I was two years old he already started swimming when he was four or five.
1: Oh, that's quite early. Yeah.
2: So I just followed in his footstep. Yeah. And it was bit difficult following up because he like when he was young like 10 12 years old he was a really big talent in mm. Danish swimming I'm pretty sure he said like a kids record
0: Ooh, wow. a national record that's I was really like, cool
2: and uh to some extent I kept feeling like a bit behind yeah mm. yeah so I'm not saying that's the reason I chose to stop swimming but I stopped swimming and then for a while I didn't know what to do mm. and then I heard like actually from my mom that she used to play some f- water pool for fun back in the uh, university, yeah. And contacted a club, so I just tried it once, and then like I never stopped playing it. But yeah, I do regret not continue uh, continue swimming mm-hmm. for more years, because I do look back that there was a lot of things I left I was left out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could have gone swimming for at least two, three, four. More years before joining water polo, but that's just how it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you said you moved here because of your studies. So what do you study?
2: I uh, study uh, sports and health at the the bachelor at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always something I find extremely interesting, how people move Mm -hmm. and how they are physically active. And it has also been, as you heard like about swimming, uh, water polo has been a big part of my life. And not just doing it myself, but I love to teach um how people can optimize their uh, movements and how we can i'm not totally sure how to put this, but like how people benefit from doing physical exercise
0: oh that sounds really interesting I think especially now with quarantine and everyone yes. is you know at home yeah. sitting on their couch or at their desk studying I think it's important to emphasize so, yeah. this mm. so what what tips would you give to an average student just sitting at home you know listening <laughs> to this podcast
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's actually funny that you bring it up with all this quarantine it's actually uh, something I would never have thought of before I started the study and now it's actually the majority of my study is about how to like motivate people from home it's what i do my internship about Mm. but generally when you sit at home as a student you're going to be sitting at your computer like all the time not just when you're studying but also when you're video chatting with your friends it's just think about how you sit. like uh, maybe turn your laptop screen a bit further out so you don't have a sharp angle in your neck get up like once an hour at least take a walk every day if you're not if you're really interested in doing a lot of physical activity go for a run yeah. but just going for a walk just getting some fresh air just moving the body around helps a lot it helps more than you would uh, think
1: yeah for sure I, I think for me like during the first lockdown i was just like in bed and then um, i could really feel my body was just begging for me to like just go out and walk So it, it does it it's really useful to and a walk is not difficult like
0: yeah it's just a walk and it also as you said you get some fresh air and yeah. you really get out of your little room and your little space of living yeah that's for
2: sure yeah like not just like most I go for a walk at least once a day and that's actually not because of the going like being physical active it's mm-hmm. I know I get more motivated more happy just yeah. not just leaving my room but also Going outside, getting some uh, sunlight, even yeah. though like oh yeah, half yeah, the time sunlight. in Denmark yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah. cloudy, but it still has an effect on you, yeah, yeah. especially here in the winter months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, can you um, can you keep practicing during lockdown? Do, uh, are the the pools open for you if you are doing it uh, professionally?
2: Mm. Currently, yeah, we have. Uh, we don't play professionally, but we are at the highest level as you can play in Denmark, which is. Compared to other countries, isn't that high. But uh, so the like, elite plans, mm-hmm. uh, they do apply to us. So we have been practicing ever since summer. And uh, I th- that's really something that gets me through <laughs> these days. Like, of course. <laughs> and uh, to have one little good point, like good thing about the quarantine is that because no one else is training, we actually have much better training times. Oh, yeah. And I see. <laughs> I would trade it in for having a normal uh, everyday in a heartbeat, but yeah. it's just one positive uh, thing. Yeah,
0: during, I think th- during Corona we really have to look at the positives and not, yes. not feel find something about that's it. positive. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but well, water polo, I think from the outside to someone who doesn't know anything about it, seems like it's basically boxing in the water. Um, do you think it's a really heavy sport, or um, for me at least it has some sort of like beauty in it when you play. Y- it doesn't seem as rough as it may on the outside, but at the same time, it's like a lot of punching and pulling from what I've experienced. What do you think? Yeah, I w- uh,
2: just as you said it very uh, like uh, very correctly that it it's not as rough as it seems in the water from the outside. It looks like a lot of pulling kicking and hitting yeah and I'm not gonna lie there's like a lot of aspects (laughs) of it I have like multiple times come out of the pool with a bloody nose or yeah bleeding from somewhere else or like uh bruises but 90 percent of the time it's not a problem like Mm. it's you just have a lot of physical contact so I would I would be more afraid to go play a handball match than this because yeah. e- when you're in the water, like you can't fall, Yeah. so <laughs> you only have to worry about someone else hitting yeah. you and kicking you. It's like, and yeah, for the, like I can see from the outside why right it sounds so much like rougher than yeah. falling, but it's just something I've gotten used to, and um, I do have like a lot of scars on my right hand from people holding on and mm. uh, like. Chewing into with my n- with their nails. Oh yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. no, but I would say there's some beauty to it. That it's different. Uh, like I do like explaining to people how the sports work because every time they ask, uh, so what do you do? I play water polo. And I was like, what is that? Like, and it. I think it makes a lot of people feel a little unique that they're doing something differently.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think in it's that much of a popular sport in the world. I think in like some countries, like Hungary, Croatia, of course it is, because it's yep. sort of the national sport. But here in Denmark, I don't think a lot of people recognize it as a really good sport. But, um, so how is um, water polo in Denmark compared to um, the rest of the world, if you've like experienced anything like that?
2: Yeah, I was playing at the U17 and U21 mm. national team uh f- was out for a few tournaments and the second you start meeting teams from like when we met in Malta once mm-hmm. and uh England we just got smashed like
1: yeah oh. you, <laughs> t- you
2: could really see the different uh, levels but that's just two different cultures how they approach the sport and yeah. uh, you can say in England like we I was with the u21 uh, uh danish team against the u-19 and we they beat us, like, pretty pretty badly. <laughs> and then I talked with one of their players that they were actually living at a college, mm. training two times a day, Yeah, okay. where it was structured throughout the entire week around, like, the school was structured around water polo, yeah. not the other yeah. way around, where in Denmark it's, like, you go to school and then you have a hobby, like, yeah. water polo. Yeah, yeah, I see. And that's just, like, almost every sport in Denmark. I think football is one of the few... Mm. Sports where you actually structure around playing football yeah. if you're at a high enough level. Mm. It's like even handball and swimming. You have a lot of, if you ask, like the best swimmers and the best like handball players, they actually have really nice, good educations because they did that while playing the sports because yeah. the chances of like uh, going to a high enough level of playing and earning <laughs> enough money to uh, go about is like, just doesn't really happen that much. Yeah, right? it's not that I complain about we don't use a lot of funding on sports and then because we do. It's just not really culture at the moment that yeah. you just take a lot of youngsters and you just pour them into uh, one sport and then it's the main priority.
0: Yeah, I think it's really good because uh, back home, in I'm from Hungary and yeah. it's quite the opposite. And I've had the. I've, I've talked to like younger kids, I've, I've been tutoring them from, for math or something mm. and they weren't paying attention in class because all they cared about was going uh, doing sports and that was all their goal. So it was really hard to explain to a kid that, of course you like a, a sport and of course you have to continue if you enjoy it, but it's, it's very unlikely that it's gonna be your end goal, that it, you're gonna end yeah. up being professional and making a living out of it.
1: See for me it's the opposite. Like in in Croatia I also played water polo. I still play for ten years, Mm -hmm. and it's um, it it was like you said it. My school was sort of structured around water polo, but also because the teachers were very helpful and they were like more than happy that people are enjoying sports. Also because it it is quite a popular sport in Denmark, in Denmark, in Croatia. (laughs) But uh, also my parents were like, "No, Franca, it's a women's water polo. You have to be focused more on school. So please." <laughs> uh, but then when I came to Denmark and started playing here, it was sort of weird that you know people are like putting it in second or third place before like parties or um, school so how do you have internationals in the club in your club was it uh, similar maybe to them or
2: uh? oh yeah we actually have a portuguese coach Mm -hmm. and uh he's been there i actually don't know how many years i think it's seven eight so he was there long long. before i joined the club Mm -hmm. uh uh, really good coach really Mm. good trainer but even when i joined the club three years ago i could feel like there's two different cultures crashing yeah yeah and uh I think it's really healthy for a club to have different approaches to us and i remember there was also three hungarian uh, players who were also uh, coaching yeah and now i'm coaching the u15s Mm. the players they used to have and i'm talking with the players like how were the different approaches and like i wouldn't say one is better than the other because they're not but it's just such difference like they had like um maybe a bit more like hard tone towards the kids that hard work and going for where i wanted to include some of them and i can see like sometimes there's a lot of problematic things wanting to include everyone and hear everyone's approaches and because it is an elite sport like if you want to perform you have to look what's best for the team and what's best for the individual player so I feel like I learned a lot about yeah. the sports and just how to approach uh, competitions. Learning from people from Hungary and Portugal,
1: That's of course. Um, and you mentioned that you train u uh, fifteen kids. Yeah. How is how is that experience been? Because it seems like it will be a bit uh, fun, but also difficult because they're they're kids and they just uh, hit puberty and all and all of that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I actually been I've been coaching for since I was 14 myself, okay. but not not in water polo, but first in swimming mm. until I, I I didn't coach water polo until this summer, like in okay. the summer 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually always thought I would prefer working with kids in the age from like five to 12 because teenagers, uh, like yeah, <laughs> they can be very difficult. <laughs> and then I was then I asked if they were. In need of any more coaches, and I got the U15s. I'm actually also over the U13s, mm-hmm. uh, but having the U15s is a little weird. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of challenges I've never faced before. That it's they can be so stubborn that if they there's something they don't want to do, like you can convince, like you can do it when you're convinced, but if they decide it's not something yeah. they're willing to do, they're not going to do it. You can put out Consequences and send them home for practice but it's not the same Yeah, but I do really enjoy it and it's uh, it makes me like really really sad that it's closed down for the youngsters yeah. at the moment but luckily some of the U15 players I have they have the level high enough to play on the senior team
1: Okay, that's so that's really I nice. still have
2: a way of teaching them when yeah. they're playing at the first team so, so it won't be long before they take my spot in the starting six mm, okay <laughs> like, I
1: Oh bit no.
0: of competition <laughs> there
2: <laughs> yeah yeah 100 <100%. laughs> percent
0: i admit i've never i used to swim when i was very little mm. because i was um what's the word i don't know i was born early you know mm. yeah. Kids, yeah. yeah so so ever since i was a baby my mom took me to swimming and then i used to swim but i stopped pretty early i've never done it anything like professionally or anything mm. like that but I I remember that um just especially water sports I think are so beneficial for people yeah. I mean there are two kinds of people of course some who really don't like yeah, yeah. getting into the water <laughs> and then there's the other kind of people who really love just doing anything yeah. in the water and um
2: when we talk about swimming and water sports in general yeah uh as you said it's like there's two different people approaching these sports and it's mostly because it's a different element like mm. when you jump in the water it's gravity like it feels like gravity works differently yeah you it's not you don't have your feet solid planted in the ground mm. Yeah. so to some extent you're actually losing control mm-hmm. and for a lot of people that feels really interesting and weird and they really enjoy that feeling that's why a lot of even people who don't do like competitive uh, water sports they go to the pool because it's a lot of fun being in the water yeah, yeah. Yes. because it's so differently and uh, you're stimulated in so many different ways but there's also the approach that you're losing control mm-hmm. and jumping in the water is really dangerous yeah like if you don't know like if you don't know how to swim and you're panicking yeah it's actually like you could die from it yeah so it's actually rational to be afraid of water. Okay. So it makes a lot of sense why people sometimes have like these uh, phobias mm-hmm. about going in water if they had a bad experience. But uh, I can't say I personally like understand all of them because I've always been in water. Yeah. But I do get where it's coming from. Mm. Like it makes a lot of sense, and it is something we really spend a lot of time working on with uh or, like safety around water mm-hmm. and um uh, like during the summers i like i uh, work as a lifeguard at the beaches and mm. it's so easy to see when people like don't have respect for the water they're just yeah. going out there and they have no idea what they're doing and like you can just see a like uh accident waiting to happen yeah yeah because like then i would <laughs> much rather like be at the beach watching people who are actually so afraid of the water they're only going down out to the knees yeah. mm-hmm. because you can just see like not gonna like in denmark we have like this big joke about germans coming to the west coast mm. of Jutland going to the <laughs> sea and uh uh coming like falling into different accidents by the water and uh i think that's mostly because like they don't they didn't grow up like close to the sea where like pretty much all Danes like there's nowhere you can really be in Denmark without like having maximum of 30 minutes yeah. car ride to the ocean
1: yeah
2: so uh yeah
1: have you had any bad experiences working as a lifeguard? Yeah. I hope not like,
2: <laughs> if you mean accidents yeah um, yeah I had mean like, accidents. Uh, my first year like four years ago five years ago we had this like one having an overdose like at the beach so that wasn't really water related. Still. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, this summer, actually, we had uh, yeah a German mom and her kid uh, in offshore wind, like, on her sup, like, a stand-up paddleboard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drifting offshore in, like, uh. 10 meters a second uh, offshore wind. And uh, so we had to go pick them up. But I wouldn't say I've had, like, these experience where you really decide, who, like, you really affect, like, people living yeah. or dying. and on one. Like I'm really glad I haven't had yeah. that experience <laughs> yeah. but um, I would say you could learn a lot about having an experience like that,
1: yeah, for sure it seems like sometimes even a small wave seems like it it, it could be so insignificant, but then like if it's really strong it could yeah.
0: You yeah.
2: could drown you <laughs> could drown yeah.
0: yeah it's so interesting because i i have uh, friends uh they are sisters and they 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 used to swim professionally as well, and um, uh, they had a competition, and it was in 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 the ocean as well. And one of them refused to participate because she she hates yeah. she hates uh, not swimming in pools, and I think it's understandable. And as you said, yeah, when the tourists come from Germany or, for example, like from example me from Hungary, yeah. who is not experienced in, in swimming in yeah. seawater, it's really hard and yeah we should really be more more vigilant about experiencing but it's still we have a lake in hungary a big lake and you know it's just a lake but still people still drown almost every year yeah. when there is a storm but because most people know not to go in the water when there is a storm but still some are yeah. like this is fun because there are waves they look cool <laughs> so let's try it and it's very hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is, like... But you shouldn't take it, w- take it away from, like, going to the beach and going, like, into swimming pool. It's a lot of fun. Like oh, of It is, like... There's a reason people do it. And I'm not going to lie. I've been out in plenty of storms. Just mm. my brother and I, we used to have this, like, big uh, kayak. Yeah. the Sea kayak. And we went, like... Every time there was a storm back in Copenhagen. Like, we were growing up. We went to the beach in Copenhagen at Amar. And we just... There was this little island, uh, mm-hmm. man-made, uh, what's called beach mm-hmm. in Copenhagen. Yeah, five kilometers around, and then we always like we tried to do it around, in even though it was like, tall waves and uh, extremely windy. Not the safest. Not the safest, but like experience, yeah. Experienced. Yeah. But yeah. we so always yeah. <laughs> we always said like we can just drop the keg and just scream ashore. show. Yes, uh, that's
1: always an option, you know.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it was all about not telling mom, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> maybe now, if she hears this episode, she will uh, find out. And yeah. yeah. Um, but what would you say to people who, um, who want to start water polo maybe or are interested in it? What? How would you, what would you say to them to get them? like, Let's go. Train water polo. Play it.
2: I would say, like, That, depending on your age, it is about, like, how much experience you have in the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would say, like, it's open for everyone. I think every club in Copenhagen, uh, no, not in Copenhagen, in Denmark, they want more members, and they're really including. So just approach the club, and they will do pretty much everything they have to get you at least to try the sport, because this is actually, it's people who actually live and breathe for their sports. And just take it as a challenge like even though I've been playing it for 10 years it's every practice is a challenge for me sometimes it's uh, physically sometimes it's tactically sometimes it's just like getting through the practice and it's it's so much fun and especially if you've never tried it before Mm. it's such a new experience yeah yeah. especially for all the swimmers who has only been swimming back and forth in the swimming pool if you really want to challenge yourself it's something you you should do
1: yeah, and what um, you said that you know the practices they are tactical, but it's also swimming. What uh, what goes into like a really good practice, let's say, uh, to to make you a better player?
2: Yeah, that it really depends on like the person, but individually, from personally, from me, I would say it the physical aspect usually isn't the biggest problem, mm. but the tactical approach is. Does it doesn't come that easy to me and also like the technical uh, part with the just handling the ball and uh, that's something I find extremely difficult and it's something I feel challenged with every practice so I would say sometimes it could be more fun for me (laughs) for an hour because it's something I'm good at Uh, but if I had to like improve a lot we should just we are playing a lot of matches and doing a lot of individual technique
1: but it's good. It's. I think it's good that it's that it doesn't all come easy because then it, you know, it wouldn't be fun uh, so much to see an improvement because like, right now, you know, if you have a more difficult time with the tactical stuff, when you when you finally do get it, you feel so proud of yourself. I think I think that's uh, that's that's really really good.
2: Yeah, of course. It's like when you spend a lot of time on something and you really invest in it, you. Invest a lot of feelings as well, yeah and sometimes you get like really, really happy. And you imp- with when you improve. You get like these like moments of joy. You get like you can play. Sometimes if I finally do something great at the practice, I can be happy for an entire week. Yeah. But it also goes the other way that you can actually get really hurt mm-hmm. if you have like periods where you don't really improve. You reach like a plateau, just yeah. Yeah. not improving, just doing the same, even though you keep practicing. And that's where your like feelings really come up to the surface. And I would say I have multiple times, also in the past few years, like cried after practice because yeah. I felt not competent enough doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So it goes both way, but that's what makes you. F- that's what's make it real. Like, mm. yeah. make it something that's actually <coughs> important to you.
1: Yeah, I think also because. It's a team sport, so at least for me, when the team is down, like when one person on the team is down, everyone's gonna try to like cheer them up. And when h- good things happen, everyone is happy. when bad things happen, everyone is sad. I think that's also one of like the best things um, about playing water polo. Um, but also be it being a team sport, I think you often uh, meet a lot of people from different clubs who, like, they may be your rivals, but okay, in the water they're rivals, but at least for me, some of my closest friends who I've known for many, many years and I'm still close to are come from different clubs and in the pool we would be like the worst enemies, but then outside of pool we just hang out and everything is fine. Have you had any um, friends like that? <laughs>
2: It's a little difficult to say. I would say in Denmark, there's a lot of rivals between the clubs Mm, and personally, I don't really get it because we're such a small sport, we should focus more on helping each other, like improving the sports uh, overall. But yeah, I would say like the club I played in before and the club I'm currently playing in, they don't really like on a personal level like each other that much. Mm, So it was a difficult exchange, but yeah, some of my best friends are still playing in the Copenhagen Club yep. and already before I moved here one of my best friends he's also played or used to play in this club so mm. yeah you go around and you get a lot of friends and it's it's makes sense because it's like you have mutual interest and yeah. you both like people all here invest in the sports and yeah. that's just something awesome
1: and you are interested I mean you're playing water polo so there is one thing that like connects you so it's i think it's easier than to be friends with someone when you already have something in common with them
0: all right i think there is a question we ask every guest and that is um share a life hack with us something that really gets you through the everyday something that would that would you tell a random person on the street how to how to get better in life
2: That's actually really difficult. <laughs> it's actually really, really <laughs> you difficult. You can
0: think it through; it's not. <laughs> you have you have time. It's just because everyone says so interesting things and yeah. and very different things yeah. as well. Yeah.
2: If I would say one thing is like uh, something that really helps me a lot, it would be like just be active to some extent because it personally it makes such a big difference for me. If it's just going for a walk, it's just taking a bike ride, going to practice, anything. Like it just clears you up, makes you happy, and it doesn't matter like which starting point you have. Like everyone can do it. Yeah. And if you're not used to it, just try it out and see how you, uh, how it will change your life.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for listening. We're gonna be back with another episode next Wednesday. Check out the other episodes and our social media for updates. See you next time.